I, I listened to your podcast. You were able to get him to open up about things that I hadn't heard him talk about before. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 120 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my co-host, who is here every week. I cannot get rid of him, however hard I try. I've even tried poisoning him, but don't let him know. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and hands down, I'll be oh. screaming infidelities after this. Uh, every week now, that's going to be the point where I take a cup of coffee, I think. I'm just going to go, <laughs> fuck this shit. Well, you need the extra caffeine to get over that little pun intro to the yeah. podcast, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. if you haven't sussed it out or seen the graphic <laughs> or have read who this week's podcast is, um, how... I hope you got that far. Please get in touch with us at Sapling Pod on Instagram and Twitter and let us know if you've ever listened to an episode of the podcast without knowing who the guest was first. Uh, this week's guest is, though, the fantastic, brilliant songwriter, guitarist. Somehow, about five years ago, he was the be- one of the best-looking people in our scene and then somehow he grew a beard and added a bit of hair dye and now he's got even better looking this week's guest <laughs> is chris caraba of dashboard confessional jesus christ what a good looking man oh yes yeah you well later on you even say he's in our top three best looking guests of the podcast but we'll, we'll leave that for our listeners but our emo lord and savior himself my fango levels are high on this one i'm not gonna lie but chris and dashboard have set the standards and influenced so many people for our scene over the last 20 years he's on the emo mount rushmore for me and we were very lucky enough to get some time to not only reminisce about his incredible journey over the last two decades but look forward and feel his passion for music after all this time if you're not aware chris was unfortunately involved in a very tragic motorcycle accident last summer needing surgery and a lot of rehabilitation um he talks all about that in a bit but it's just so good to see he's doing well in a good place and excited as ever i'm over the moon that we get to share his story on Saturday podcast yeah, I find it absolutely mental, right, that he had to learn, relearn to play guitar and stuff, right? And I haven't even learned guitar. 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Because what he's done is he's done something I want to do twice through his life now, at least. <laughs> twice now he's gone, do you know what? I'm going to pick our guitar up again and start again. And he have. And there's me going, I remember my fingers hurt after trying to turn them for two minutes. It's just different. Like, yeah, unbelievable. I'm so glad he's well and back. And um, yeah, can't wait to see him over here in the UK eventually. Yeah, and he's just been such a big influence for, for the scene as well. Well, yeah, yeah, you yeah you mentioned Emo Monk Rushmore there, and I instantly started thinking, who else is on that? Who else is on that Emo Monk Rushmore? Well, it's got to be... Um, well, you do you, Wes, and then I'll try and suss my name. Adam Lazara, Chris, Bert McCracken from The Used. Ooh. And the fourth is hard. I, I would have to say Jim Atkins from Jim Eat World. Oh, that's a good one. See, this is this is what I'm thinking. As much as I love Bert, and Bert is an absolute massive part, hmm. I don't really count him for some reason as, as part of the the emo Mount Rushmore. Okay. Right? So what I'd go for people who were before Bert. Okay. Right? So okay. we've got Big Chris, Big Handsome Chris, <laughs> right? Which he's now known as BHC, right? Big Handsome Chris. He's not big, so but he's in anyway, Chris. Jeff Rickley. Oh, I, uh, I feel, I feel bad not mentioning Jeff now. Yeah, Jeff's yeah, up there. Yeah, and it was his birthday the other day, so happy birthday, happy birthday Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, and you uh, give us Thursday, and of course, my chemical romance, and no so devotion, Chris, and no devotion, obviously, yes, Chris, Jeff, Chris Conley from Saves the Day. Oh yeah. Oh, and I don't know about the other one. I don't know. Because, see, to me, like, Adam and Bert and stuff like that, to me, is more new emo. Yeah, I get what you mean. I, I guess. Get, yeah. Even though, even though I say new emo, like, fucking, like, it wasn't 20 years ago. But, yeah. So, like, yeah, my new emo one would be Jared Way, Adam Lazara, uh, Bert McCracken, and last but no means least, uh, Ailey Williams. Yes, yeah, that's true. But I think I think by this point, Mount Rushmore is cutting us short. There's a whole emo museum. Why isn't there an emo museum or an emo hall of fame? That's we should start that. Let's get let's get a business going. Emo hall of fame, and we can get that going. That'd be good. Like the rock and roll hall of fame, but it's just but really emo. emo. <laughs> yeah, and it's just loads of sad people collecting <laughs> awards. Like. Cheers for this, but I wish it had paid my bills rather than won this award. Yeah, exactly. I wish I got her back. I wish I got my <laughs> girlfriend back. Like, that would be so good. We should do the Emo Hall of Fame. We should, we should. But Maybe that's a segment we do. But anyway, but anyway yeah. But, but, but back to Chris. I mean, and just to put this into perspective, um, the way this came about was quite a crazy one for me as well because the, the way we book guests is all different every week and, and whatnot. But recently, we had the wonderful Fred Mascherino from Taken Back Sunday and the Colour Fred fame on episode 111 and he talked about almost joining Dashboard Confessional twice and in that Chris actually listened to the podcast shared it on his Instagram and then I casually had a nice chat with him in the DMs and for me it's, it's the fact that I've had moments in my life where I've listened to Chris uh, traveling, crying in my room, having the time of my life, you know, all those different things. But to think he's now listened to us has come full circle. So, I mean, that's a madness. Yep. 
so uh, yeah so it just goes to show that we don't need the normal folk the civilians who listen to this right so stop listening if you're listening right now and you're well, not in a uh, major rock band <laughs> what well no nah, i think we do need all the listeners Sean, and we appreciate that oh, they've taken the time to listen to us yeah we really do we, oh. we really really oh, i do. thought we were getting really i thought we were getting really big-headed and we were just going to brag that we don't need these fucking idiots anymore uh, we can just do it with all the rock superstars who listen to us every well week. there's a, there is a lot apparently um but please listen to this because later on we're going to get Chris's side to please, the... Please, listen. We're going to get Chris's side to the Fred story, his journey to recovery and readjusting um, his priorities in life, secret new material, the innocence of those early records, unexpected friends and just huge moments in a lovely conversation. Thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time. I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy this. And I did... Ask him about his beard. Yes. As well, because sexy beard. I am very, very old and I am very, very jealous that I cannot grow a beard like that. So, um, yeah, thank you very much to Chris for coming on. It was a fantastic chat. Thanks to Chris for listening to us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it's fucking, I find it fucking mad that anybody that we know is in a band that has listened to our podcast, it's just nuts. It's nuts. So, thank you very much to anybody. Please share, rate, and subscribe where possible on Apple Music, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher. I don't know. Wherever you can rate and subscribe to us, please do that because it really, really does help us. If you've got any questions, guest ideas, or you want to know anything, or you've got you want to know anything about the behind-the-scenes world of the music, get in touch with us at Sappening Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at S A P E N I N P O D at S A P E N I N P O D on Twitter and Instagram, and let us know your thoughts. Yes, and if you'd like to support this podcast in any way, shape, or form, we'd really appreciate it. Please head over to our yes, Patreon page. Please patreon.com forward slash sapmin over there you get included into a wonderful secret community full of the best people you will ever meet in your life honest to god that they're absolutely wonderful and there's a load of extra bonuses and um material podcast everything for you to devour for your extra support as well so if you'd like to keep this thing going each and every week head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin um but without any further ado sean let's get the absolute god of emo the big emo daddy himself chris from dashboard confessional on sapnin podcast yeah, if he hasn't got that tattooed across his chest, he should really think about getting a fucking tattoo. <laughs> Big emo daddy. Here he is. He was fantastic. Chris Caraba of Dashboard Conventional. Fucking tidy. Sapman! Sapman! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Sapnin! 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 Yes! 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 Y-E-S. This week's guest is uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist, uh, legend. I, I'm now going to put it out there, and this is for the listeners to argue. Our best looking guest to date... And at this point, we're 116 episodes in, so you've beaten at least 116 other individual <laughs> people. Yeah, the fantastic Chris Caraba. Yes. How are you, Chris? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. No, a pleasure. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be with you. Thank you very much. No, yeah. this, is, this is a dream come true for us, honestly. Yeah, absolute um, pleasure to have some of your time, man. Thank you so much for uh, taking out a bit of your day. But yeah, how, how are things with you? How's everything at the moment? Um, things are looking good for me at the moment. I mean, we're all in the, the midst of this, um, I think, pandemic fatigue, but uh, things are looking more hopeful than they did in the past. And I've been through a pretty serious uh, injury in, in a motorcycle wreck, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, on the precipice of better things here. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Nice. Good, yeah, yeah. Because gonna ask because obviously you know, that must have been such a uh, obstacle to come back from with it being such a big accident you were involved with last summer. Um, yeah, how how have you been since that? How's the the recovery recovery been? You looking as as good as ever? You know, Morgan, it's uh, it, it's been a trying time, but I, I, I well, I'll tell you that the truth is that there's been tons of good that's come from this. To be frank with you. It was not easy. It's not been easy. It's not easy yet, but I found it to be one of those things that cements the importance of your, you know, like the, your priorities, the hierarchy of those things have kind of realigned for me. And that's a good place to be. Nice. Well, mm. what, um, yeah, what differences, what, what changes have it, has it kind of helped you make? I think it's definitely taught me a lot more about living in the present um, and casting aside things that I would worry or my propensity to just worry has kind of fallen by the wayside. I've come to recognize which parts of music and more importantly, I guess more broadly, the music business that are useless to me. I've kind of figured out which things are silly and dumb and, and, and that I, like it's dawned on me in this moment that I've kind of been in this uh, career long enough to, to call it a career and, and that gives me this kind of fuck all this bullshit attitude. I don't really have to do the bullshit anymore. And that I didn't know that. I didn't really know that. Well, the thing is as well, you're also, 
you know, as much as you've had a career from it, I think your inspiration has given other people careers from it yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, <laughs> you're fucking... Yeah, you're, you're above it. I don't think... Like, people owe you. So I think it's about time that you were... Maybe you go on a tour when this is all over, collecting debts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know if I agree with it quite that way, Sean, but, I, you know, I, I, do, I do think that, like, I don't have to... Um, I don't have to be beholden to certain things that were just kind of conceptual in my mind. They're not really important. They just seemed important. I mean, you know, like bullshit of like, do I have to try to get on the radio or things like that, mm, which yeah. was never important to me until I'd been on the radio a few times. And even then, honestly, I don't know if it was important to me, but an importance was placed on it that I felt like duty bound to, to see through. I don't, I didn't like that part of my career. And it's like, now I get to have one, absent of that like i did in the beginning it never like guys like us sean right like you you don't conceive that the radio is part of your journey when you're even when you're becoming successful in the scene we're from like it doesn't they don't overlap it doesn't dovetail now it just so happened that like me and some of my peers happened to like without really changing what we were doing like the radio kind of came and globbed on to us like taking back sunday my chemical romance and so on but i don't think any of us were steered towards that and when it when I had the first chance to jump ship, I, 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 I probably should have, uh, but I didn't because I felt like there were a lot of people that generated some importance or, re or maybe their payday from that. And I felt beholden to like, you know, do the right thing, I guess, but it wasn't the right thing for me necessarily. Not to say it was the wrong thing. It was a great experience, but it wasn't like the be all and end all of my goals. And it isn't now either. But, the, but that's the thing that like, I think, runs through the music industry is like they're still kind of stuck in that you need to be on radio fucking model or whatever and it's like not anymore surely not surely it's less than ever if anything um radio plays is probably important now so um yeah yeah it took, it took changed yeah definitely like towards the end of my old band i think we got to that point where we were like i don't know if radio actually matters anymore so let's try and just write at the time, we were just writing aggressive songs rather than prior to that, we were trying to write, you know, pop hits that made the radio. So to, to that end, I, I, I've written my least commercial record I've, I've written since the early days um, that I'm kind of sitting on now because what's the point of releasing anything? Right now? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a, but all that to say, uh, I feel much more connected to it than I did my last couple of records i like my last couple of records hmm. but this is this is just different it's just weight a different weight to it nice well can you tell us anything about this secret uh record is it do, uh, how many songs there are yeah i'll tell you that it wasn't intended to be secret i was going to release it immediately <laughs> you know in the relative short term you know i think i had just uh, i remember i was in the uk and um i want to say manchester i could be wrong and i wrote a song called burning heart in the backstage area and you know, 20, 30, maybe an hour later, I, I, I played it on stage with all the lyrics spread out on them. Cause I just like, I, I, uh, uh, I don't always do that where there's this urgency to get this new song in front of people. What, why, why did that one have that urgency? I, I guess because it, it was like, it planted it. It was the song that kind of planted the flag in the ground. Like this is a victory here. We're, we're going for this. And so it just was a, a return to a place I had. I've been, pushed to go to this place since my first and second record which is that with just me and an acoustic guitar largely oh wow um 
but I, if I was crafty enough, I could have just done it for the sake of this will connect with people that already does people want this. So I should, but that's not how I was am I really able to write songs. And this is the first time I came all the way back to, you know, as this person I am sitting with you guys here today, but with the same presentation and urgency of those earlier records. So it's like more re related to my earlier work than, than my mid or later work. And then the other part of it is that, um, I mean, it's a full length, but also there was an immediacy. So, you know, I was saying that I, I wrote that song when we were in the UK, you know, I, basically called home to my friend James who made my earlier records and said, you want to meet me when I get back from the UK? We'll, we'll make this, make a record. And he said, yes. And we had it done, you know, just a couple weeks later. And all of that is rarer these days. That immediacy is rarer these days. So, but that was in it, part and parcel to what I was talking about before, like understanding the hierarchy of importance. It's like the experience of making a record should be special to that was, it shouldn't just be going in and grinding it out at the studio. Yeah. Because I, I was going to bring up, uh, uh, you know, the, the fact that over the years, I think a lot of people have connected with the kind of innocence of storytelling in your material throughout the years, but especially those early records where it was just you and a, an acoustic guitar. So it sounds like after 20 years now, you've gone full circle to rekindle those early roots and as innocent values as you can. You know what, Morgan, the thing is, though, too, uh, that I will acknowledge that that stuff, that early, those, those early songs, they're important to a lot of my fans because of a time and place in their life. And I'm not, I'm not sure I can recapture that for them. Yeah. But I recaptured it for me. Nice. And that feels good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, that's, I think now more than ever, nostalgia is, um, it's, a, it's a seller, I think. Like, what I'm seeing right now is more than ever, people want kind of that... 2010 time again i guess in a way you know it's interesting you say that because i do you think it's a virtue of the everybody being locked home in this um in, in this kind of experiential societal place that we've never we've never experienced before i i can say for myself really have an appetite for new music all the time i've really this year found myself listening to stuff that i'd come up with more than more than i had in this years yes, definitely between. yeah i think it was kind of happening just before kind of the virus hit because like we had like my chem i put three dates on sale in the uk and sold them out and i was like ninety thousand people or whatever over the mm -hmm. three days and i think i think it's just that like kind of 10 year maybe resurgence of going but saying that mind I, literally if you look at any of my playlists on any like spotify or whatever it is literally i don't think there's any you know any new bands from 2015 <laughs> oh, no, <it's> sadly <laughs> and um yeah, it's just I just listened to all the all the old stuff that I used to listen to. Um but yeah, it's just it is a very weird time and I think I think with us being stuck home for well, I reckon it'll be 2 years now by the by the time this is up. I think yeah, we are all going to be reminiscing to when the when the good times were or whatever. And I think those early 2000s to 2015, 2016 were 
for me some of the best times of my life well of course they were i was in a fucking band doing well but <laughs> yeah i mean it's i mean for a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um after is dreadful so please never give up chris please never give up um <laughs> that's his but, advice that's his advice to to you um but no, <laughs> to I, everyone yeah but i think take it, I, I think like you know a lot of fans just like to reconnect with the songs that they grew up listening to and especially have a special point and, and connection with their lives you know if it's because of, of a relationship or going through something or just you know growing up and, and getting older and Dashboard Confessional is definitely being that kind of band for so many of, of your fans. I'm sure you've experienced so many stories of people coming up to you over the years and saying this song makes, means X, Y, and Z. I mean, is it weird looking back now to, to think how many songs you've written that, that mean to people and see the values and the, just the evolution of the band in general? It's humbling. Um, that could go either way, you know, you could either get quite a big head, um, or you can find it humbling. And, uh, it's, I guess it's probably by virtue of the, the fact that when people tell me that the song is important, that whatever song is important to them, they usually have a story that goes with it. That seems more important to me than like the fact that they like it. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of that really. Like whenever somebody used to come to me like, oh, you're the best band in the world. I'd go, you're it. that's mental. That Faith No More exists. What are you, ta- what are you talking about? Faith- yeah. Oh, I love- this is the best album I've ever heard. I was like, what? Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it probably is like a reason. Like they met a friend or something at a gig or a loved one or I never really looked at it like that. Yeah. I don't know what, where, where it clicked somewhere, but that clicked early on for me. I'm not really sure. I think maybe, honestly, I think it happened even before Dashboard when I was in Further Seems Forever. I, I have this uh, memory of uh, of uh, getting to some town we'd never been to and um, a few kids singing the song The Moon Is Down along with like a, like a, a fervent energy. And they came up to us after the show and just like spilled what it meant to them. And it was all about their experience. It almost... The, the meaning, like the meaning of the lyrics that I intended were almost incidental. It, it had everything to do with this experience that they had, that the song was kind of present for. And it, like it, and I realized they kind of globbed onto the song as, as this mile marker. Good lesson to learn early, hmm. probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've mentioned it a couple of times in passing already, but in 2020, it was supposed to be the 20th anniversary of Dashboard Confessional. You obviously had a lot of um, celebratory plans, but for one mm. reason or another, those that didn't go to, uh, to fruition. Didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I mean, um, you've had a hell of a career over the last two decades. Is, is it just weird at times to think you've been doing it f- for this long and just all the experiences you've, you've ach- achieved along the way and, and still going at it more than ever today? To be quite frank, it's, it's mind boggling to think that we've, that, you know, we've had this connection with an audience for God, two decades. You said that's, that's hard to believe. It's just hard to believe. It always feels tenuous. You would think at some point you'd rely on this, you'd come to rely, like, just accept, like, this is our station or whatever. And it doesn't feel that way to to us. We feel like consummately like lucky as hell. And part of it, I think, is because we like had, we've had this incredible success for our scene, like that asterisk is, is, is important. 
a, you know, a, a, a generation of like of popular bands from the years that we, that we became successful or I think like John Mayer comes to mind. And, you know, that's inarguably what I would define is like, that's inarguably like success. Oh yeah. That's, that's, I mean, not success, but like a career. It's been recently that I've been able to say when talking about my career, calling it that, calling it a career. It has only recently become something, and maybe since my accident, where I've been able to say, yeah, this is like, this is what I've done and will be able to continue to do. So that latter part of the sentence has been um, elusive to me for a long time. It's, I've always operated with this strange two-year plan. Like I've got to reassess in two years because mm. this, this can't possibly last. But I've started to come to understand that it, it will change, but it will last. And that yeah. feels really good. Well, yeah, what does, what does the, um, the godfather of emo do if he's not, <laughs> if he's not making music? Man, I hate to think about it, but, but let me answer, answer it this way. I lost the ability to play music uh, when I was in this accident. Uh, I severely broke both shoulders. But in addition to that, I mean, there's like so much metal in my shoulders. That's like two plates and 26 screws or something. Ooh. And yeah, and um, yeah, it's metal as fuck. Um, <laughs> but also what happened was I, <laughs> I severed the biceps and the deltoids in both arms. Oh and they had to be God. redraped and sewn. I was out of commission for months and months before I could even get to hold a guitar, but I'd also lost all the muscle memory. So I had to relearn how to play guitar. As oh, a matter of fact, Fred from Taking Back Sunday uh, was instrumental in helping, you know, pun intended, in helping me come back from that, you know, giving me like lesson assignments so that I would remain, you know, committed, like a task at hand. You know, well, you know, I can't be the best in the world, but I can play for three minutes, like this three minute assignment he's given me, which was difficult, like even like to hold a, a pick. Plectrum, you know, was it was it was as if I was carrying a refrigerator up the stairs for you. It was incredibly heavy, just the pick itself. Um, so I lost the ability to play music, and I didn't know that it was going to come back. And it, it definitely, I definitely was aware it wasn't going to come back on its own. And so, you ask me, like, what would I be doing if I if it weren't if I weren't doing music? Fuck if I know. I fucking never am going to find out. I can tell you that. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah, that's what yeah, that's what we all want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's that's the a beautiful attitude to have. And no, it's just it's just so nice to see that you're excited as ever to have a, a record that you're sitting on and, and want to get out there and everything. But I mean, from the last two decades, there's so many things we, we wanna touch on. Um you mentioned there your good friend, friend Mascherino from uh, The Colour Fred and obviously Taking Back Sunday fame. Um, he was a f guest on the podcast a few weeks ago and talked very highly about you, your, your friendship and how you tried to recruit him twice for Dashboard. Mm. I was just wondering it's if true. you could um, share your side of that story and, and your connection with him and just how, how far you guys have come over the years. It's funny. I'm like thinking back to the conversation you had and how he sort of glossed over it <laughs> as if it was like this, uh, you know, that Chris asked me to play and it didn't work out. Whatever. I didn't just, I like, I chased him down. I was like, you got to play in my band. I was dying for him to play in my band. I've known Fred since, well, maybe all 20 years of dashboard. And um, he is an inspirational player. And just like you, you've spoken to him. He's the sweetest guy in the world. He's just a, it's a force, sheer force of positivity, a, po a force of sheer positive positivity. And I wanted that when I, when, for, when 
initially I, I was broadening the band to have more players and I wanted Fred to come in and he was, this was pre taking back Sunday and he was really focused in on breaking Pangea at the time, which predated both the color Fred and, and his time in taking back Sunday. And then when later, when I came back to him and he was, he had, wasn't in taking back Sunday anymore. And Johnny, our guitar player uh, decided he didn't want to tour anymore. Um, I thought, well, how perfect, you know, he's already part of our family and there's nobody, it's not too many people I know that are even close to as good as Fred. I chased him hard that time. Cause at that point it wasn't so much about like in the early days, I was like, I don't know what a dashboard band is. We're going to find out together. But when I came around the second time, I, I knew exactly what I wanted it to be. And he was the guy in my mind that could, that could explore that area where I wanted dashboard to go with that. I could only get almost there. He was really committed to his home life at the time and, and didn't want to tour. And he just uh, finished being in taking back Sunday. And I think he was tired. Um, you know, in typical Fred fashion, he was, he understood what I was looking for in him as a player and as a person and was really helpful when I was finally found other choices that I thought also could fit that, those parameters, that thing, you know, fulfill that, that goal I had. And he, I would talk to him at great length about like, do you think this is the guy? Do you think this is the guy? And he would be very helpful. So, you know, when I think about these friends I've made, like Fred, all the guys in Take Next Sunday, Saves the Day, Get Up Kids, My Chemical Romance, you know, we're talking, I could list those bands and I recognize that some people will go like, whoa, those are, that's wild that you know all those people. <laughs> and to me, it's like, you know, I've known, like I spoke to Mikey on the phone today and it's no different than we were like, when we were like kids, we're just our like network of homies that, that work together to, to make something great happen. Even though like Mikey's the most vaulted of us all, like they got, or, you know, Mike M was the most, they got to be not just the most popular, but in my opinion, the best band from our scene period. And, and then, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, we've got like the, the get up kids who are like, I came up looking up to, and they gave us this break early on. And we bonded and we, we, we kept that friendship through all these iterations of all our uh, successes and failures. And, and um, when all is said and done, I think that this whole, all this shit is just about relationships anyway. Yeah. So to walk out the other side with better, stronger relationships is, is fantastic. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And those relationships you mentioned, I mean, with so many of, of the scene's most you know, iconic bands and everything. But with, with you and Fred in particular, I mean, just from a, a songwriter's point of view, I think that the two of you have produced some uh, you know, of the biggest anthems to come out of, of that scene over the years, and especially with your own work and you've all worked with different artists yourselves and everything. But I've, I'm always being surprised that the two of you have never come together to write for something. If it was for dashboard or a side project or for another artist, I mean, has that ever been close in itself for you to have like, Hey, let's just get together and write some songs because uh, with how close you are, it, it baffles me that it hasn't happened. It's interesting. You asked that, you know, of all those, you know, Fred, uh, as we're talking about, but all those bands I mentioned and many, many more, you know, like uh, sometimes we get together in jams and a lot of times we just don't like we, mm. we, we have like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm not, I think it would be incredible and we'd all 
any pairing um, among all those, any, I love collaborating. Um, and any of the, all those pairings sound incredible and, and, and enticing to me. But it's also nice to just be friends. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 But all that to say, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, eventually Fred and I will write, make, you know, we'll make music together. I'm sure of it. Well, I'm looking forward to that whenever it happens. But um, listing all those bands as well, I was just, we were wondering what, what is your view on the term emo? Because obviously when that was first used back in the day, I think a lot of acts and people kind of took to it with a negative light. And it was maybe using a bit of uh, bad terms, but over the last decades or so, it's, it's become a really, it's being embraced by fans and bands and people just using emo for, for every sense uh, of, of that scene. I mean, what's your relationship with, with that word? It's good. It's a good relationship. I will say that there were two times within the length of my time playing music and being called that, that I didn't think it applied. When I first came out with my music and, and people started saying that, starting with Further Seems Forever, and then dashboard. It didn't seem like it applied to me because it came from, the term came from a generation that predated us. And they were bands I really looked up to and thought just that, you know, that it remained still like in this vaulted place in, in, in my opinion of music. And I thought it was that we, had, we didn't deserve it. Um, but then when I understood that the term had evolved because of the, 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 the kids going to shows, I understood that what it, what it really meant was, and I think Matt Pryor said it best from the get up kids, you know, he's just, it's just sincerity. It's not like foolishness or godlessness or like sad even, you know, it's just sincerity. And so when I understood it was a broader term, it, I, I thought it was applicable to me and I embraced it. And um, then some years later, when the scene got, that's right word, bloated, when it started to be, you know, a copy of a copy of a copy, I didn't think it had less validity. I just didn't think it applied to me anymore as used. And so there was that period. That was, those were the two brief periods I would say if somebody would ask me, like, that doesn't apply to us. But it was never with, like, vitriol or, like, self-defense or, or um, like, a scoffing. I, and I, I, remain, uh, I, I remain proud of the scene identity more so than like, ter- it doesn't matter what the term is, but I think it's an accurate term. But I, I, I'm proud of the scene identity. Nice. Well, yeah, we, we previously had um, Matt Cutchell on um, and we had a chat with him. And um, yeah, I was just watching, I was going through those um, Emo's Not Dead videos earlier and that, the one with you is <laughs> absolutely fucking genius. It's hilarious. Um, you know, like there's a, there's a reason Matt can poke fun at our scene with like, I don't know, impunity from the audience that embraces the scene is because he's one of the, the members of the audience. Mm. He's not taking a shot to tear it down. I also know, by the way, guys, I am re- really well aware that we get the slings and arrows and probably deserve some of them too. So there's this duality that I understand. It's not, it's, it's not like I'm in defense of every choice I've made. Um, under the banner of emo but i uh, by by and large I'm, I'm part of this community and happy to be how did the um how did the matt cutchell thing come about did you know of him prior to being asked um yeah so i yeah so 
I was a fan of what he did because of what I said, you know, the fact that he was the good sport about the whole thing. And he's funny. And even this emo, obviously the, that's how it correlates to me. The emo is not dead stuff, but obviously his, if you want to look at his feed, it's like uh, multifaceted. He's a very, very, very funny writer and performer. So when he just, he hit me up on Instagram and I, being a fan was I just jumped on it. It was like all those things that happen without resistance are my favorite things. You know, like when he hit me up and then like two weeks later we were filming. It was super fun. And like, you know, developed the beginning of a really good friendship that day, it, which I alluded to earlier. Like when, when this, that, all that stuff's way more important to me. You know, get, like if I can get a friend out of this, this deal or a <laughs> yeah. connection or like, or, or like, Get kind of, even if it, even if it wasn't something as, as, as lovely as friendship, but if I got to be in the vicinity of somebody that's that creative in their field and kind of got to revel in it, um, that's, tra that's um, transferable. Like it, I, I came home that night quite literally and, and played guitar for hours and hours. And, I, and that was when I was like, still, you can't tell in the video, but I, I'm in, very injured still oh, wow. in that in that in the period and that was like the first time i played guitar in the video when i played guitar and sang at the same time that was the first time i did it so um uh, but i played i was sore as hell the next day but i played for a good two hours that that night when i got home i was just really inspired from having been around somebody else's creativity and soaking it in that's awesome that's so good to hear um did you get anybody, Eddie, anybody get in contact with you who had never previously heard of Dashboard or Further Seems Forever before those emos not dead things? I, I'll say that in general, I'm often surprised at who ends up, uh, you know, with being a, being a fan of, of our band. And it, 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 it kind of spiked again with, mm. with Matt putting that video up. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting you say you're um, always surprised about who's a, a Dashboard fan or not, because um, one thing I was going to mention, I, mean, I know we've touched on that kind of inspirational effect you've had on other acts especially, but back in 2019, you performed um, a couple of gigs in London, and I believe that Matt Healy from the 1975 turned up to a show, and the two of you actually uh, went on stage together to perform a track. Can you tell us how how did that relationship come about? Because I think a lot of people were su surprised of, um, of of that coming together. Um, Matt's my friend. Matty uh, <laughs> is you know like those guys are all like they're all from our scene, hmm. um, and their 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 old band was. I would say pretty emo. I think the 1975 is pretty emo. Uh, it's more than that, but so is every emo band. Um, I got their record, their first record, like immediately when it came out because uh, a friend had known about the 1975. And this is like before, obviously before they struck the magical moment, you know, and I reached out to them very early on and got, got to know Maddie. And I, I, talk a lot we spend a lot of time together but it's it's um yeah he's famous isn't he <laughs> he's quite <laughs> yeah. famous quite, yeah. uh, just yeah. a little just a little bit yeah just a just a yeah. little <laughs> yeah i just can't imagine how that must be like imagine marty now right so he's like this early 20s emo kid who's fucking grown up on emo and all this stuff and then all of a sudden you message him out of the blue to talk to him about his first record I shit myself. That'd be insane. That's 
That would be nuts. Like, he's got to be... And now he's a superstar. That's the tour you want. That's... Well, when this opens back up, <laughs> get on tour with the 1975. That would be the boy for you. That'd be the one. Yeah, I could... That'd be fun. Um, you know, here's the thing with that one that doesn't... So you were like... The, the beginning of this uh, this part of the conversation was kind of predicated on like that it surprises me who would be my fan, but it doesn't surprise me that Maddie would be my fan. And I'll okay. tell you why. Like in my head, the reason it surprises me is when I find out somebody like Anna Kendrick is our fan or something, you know? And, <laughs> but when I, when I, cause I envision my audience as like the horn room glasses and sweater vest and, <laughs> you know, tight black jeans of the early two thousands, like that, the, when, when you could stand in the middle of a 300 cap room and just talk to everybody after the show and everybody looked like the same people that were on the stage, everybody dressed the same, looked the same. It was just this community that was born out of a scene, you know, a tangent of the, uh, tangentially to the hardcore scene. It's just an offshoot. And it's still weird. Like it, that changed relatively early on though. Those sweater vest kids were still there not scoffing at people that didn't look like that or the tattooed kids were there, not like scoffing at the squares showing up. Um, however, even though it's been a long time, it's still sometimes bizarre when I'm like that, they don't look like they should like me. And I look out in the audience. And so the same holds true when I find out somebody's a fan of mine that, I don't know, I, <laughs> I didn't give my record to myself. But um, obviously, like we've talked a little bit about just you as a songwriter and i know you've worked with a lot of other artists um in the past whether it be laying down ideas with them or guest features from people like nothing nowhere to neck deep and against the current everything everything and everything in between but like can you just talk to us a little bit about that process and and some artists that you've worked with that we might not be uh, aware of and and stuff because it, it must be quite nice to go into a younger band like that who you're now friends with but obviously of being um, a fan of your work for a, a period of time and just kind of mess around with ideas and see what happens you know almost every time it's spur of the moment happenstance you know uh, like water parks uh recently had some recording going on at my studio and they weren't here they were they had somebody tracking here that's not that was helping out with some tracks and the song was super catchy and i just kept singing along and i told told the guys that i that i was and Austin said, you know, sing on it. So I did. So usually it's just like <laughs> that. They pass, it's not like some battle. Yeah. Um, other times it's, uh, you know, intentional, more intentional than that. And um, where you say like, we, you know, we should do it. We should, and then you start planning and planning and wait for the right thing to come along. Uh, both are awesome. Both are awesome. Yeah. What's a memory of a moment you have where, you've kind of been in a situation that you were like, how is this happening to me? Or um, have you, have you met anybody that, that you like grew up idolizing uh, that you were blown away by or. Yeah. There's lots. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots. Um, oh, is it? I went to Neil Young's house for a barbecue one time. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you are. What? Uh, how did that come about? I don't know. He invites you, you go, I guess. Oh, well, now I know. Yeah, he invites me all the time. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That's fucking unbelievable. It was a beautiful time. And, you know, he's really generous with his, like, feelings about music. And um, 
in this time. And, um, but yeah, those are the kinds of things where that, 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 that do pop up where you're like, this isn't real. This isn't real life. And you know, what, one of the things I savor most though, are like some of these, um, it's flipped now, but like where I've had these mentors that I've really looked up to before ever knowing them, I've looked up to them. Adam Duritz from the County Crows comes to mind. Our friendship was born out of mutual fandom really. And, and it's become so much more than that, but really he's still like at the heart of it. He's still like my, my mentor. And I learned early on, like there's, that's important. And I try, I try to be there for, for bands that are newer than, than my band, that if I can help them see some pitfalls or encourage them where they might need a boost, you know, like it's a, it's a, I'm lucky to be in a place I could get to do that. I really love that. Is there any of those younger bands that come to mind that you've kind of helped them drop some advice with? I mean, plenty, but I don't, that's for them to say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and on, on the songwriter's point of view as well, I mean, has there been anyone that you've been close to writing with or had discussions and just it hasn't worked out yet that, that you'd like to uh, collaborate with someday? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple. Um, I, must, well, I, I have a song that is nearly finished that, uh, that I've been doing with my friend Lights. And I hope that sees the light of day. And um, the amazing Mitchie Collins from Lovely the Band. He's a sweetheart and uh, really inspiring musician and writer. Um, maybe those will be this. Maybe that'll be the same band, or maybe not. I don't know. That wasn't like uh, I know and you don't know. I don't. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just like a little bit of dramatic effect, to be honest. But you know, yeah, but <laughs> I've also been messing around a lot with. Uh, so there's also the like home team factor. Uh, my the original bass player in Dashboard is my best friend Dan Bonebreak, and uh, Dan still lives in Florida. I don't anymore, but uh, he and two of our friends down there, um, our friends Keith and Andre, the, those three started a, a band, and the, the the songs are incredible. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in this band. I kind of forced my way in. We just, we just wrote 12 songs. So I think the Lightworkers will be something to, that will be exciting to do for people, to play for people. It's also nice to not have to be the lyricist in a band. <laughs> they're, 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 all three of those guys are phenomenal lyricists and I don't have to be the only one. It's nice to just kind of sit back and just add in with less. Well, I, uh, yeah, I love that you're still so positive and excited by music because you know we've like i said like prior to this we've probably done like 116 episodes and now and again we get people and you you can kind of see they're potentially going through the motions maybe hmm. that's gotta suck that's gotta suck that's gotta feel pretty lame i mean we're like we we all got into this in whatever either on your end of it or on my end of it we're all in it for the same we all get in it for the same reasons i think uh, I, I, it's, it sucks when people lose that and I'm glad I haven't yeah what, what would you say really keeps you motivated because you know, it seems that you do get inspired by so many different kind of elements of, of songwriting and just music in general but is there anything that you kind of set your mind to that to really just keep you on that level and, and refresh your love for everything you do it's a great question um, 
I have a huge appetite for music. I find it ins- inspiring. I mean, like we've all had that moment when we were young and read that, like you listen to a song, you're like, now I need to write a song. And I think, you know, like if that's a revelatory moment, the first few times that happens, it's like the, that, that transaction, that moment of, of energy in, energy out is, is huge. It's explosive. And um, that hasn't gone away for me. And, and the same, uh, actually it's true for like re- reading. Uh, I, have a, I think that, I think being a big reader has kept me inspired to, to keep writing. It's just like m- music, um, words uh, in and of themselves and the, the, uh, the magic that they, they have uh, re- remain kind of a mystery to me. And like when you read something and you just can't believe the, the, the uh, for lack of a better way to say this, the, the beauty that it evokes it's inspiring and it remains that way. And then there's that, that the, the chase, the chase is fun. Like, like the air of possibility and in writing a song is, is it's a good moment to, to be in. Do you remember any of those songs um, that made you want to start writing songs? Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you that there was uh, the cure was a big deal for me. Um, REM was a big deal for me. Um, Fugazi records were huge for me since there's a band called Sensefield on Revelation. I, I list these because I remember having moments like that where I hear the song yeah. and turn it off and just like race to a guitar. And it was, if I was a better guitar player, I would have been thinking like I should learn this song that I j- just got excited about. But because I thought that was an impossibility, I instead went in and dove into writing one of my own that was within my ability. Is there anything away from music that really keeps you occupied creatively and, and keep those uh, juices flowing? Because forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe there was a, a point in time as well where you really loved kind of paint and artwork and that, and even um, designing some of your own clothes. Yeah. Uh, so the thing I did most was work on motor- motorcycles. Um, won't be doing that anymore. But I do make clothes. Uh, I make hats. Um I make leather goods. Um, I like to tinker with things. Um, I'm a pro- I like projects, I guess. Yeah, like fine art. I'm really bad at fine art, but I find it to be, it's kind of good that I'm bad at it. <laughs> I kind of like can walk away from it. Like with music, I can't walk away from it. And I put a lot of pressure on myself, drawing something or painting something. And it's going to suck in the end anyway. So I can put it down. The same could be said about my songs, I suppose. <laughs> not at all. Not, not at for all. Me to say. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, and, and with all that, Chris, just a couple of more very quick things um, before you go. Obviously, you've said that you know you have a whole album worth of material that you're sitting on now and you're, you're quite excited to get out, but is there any other ideas for that at the moment? I, I mean, is it all recorded and ready to go now, or is there a couple yeah, of little a whole things? Record. Yeah, I've made a whole record. I think I've made a couple EPs, too. Um, and I also have a record starting to show up for me. It's, I wouldn't say I'm writing it yet, but it's starting to hint at it. Um, I I have a, I'll be doing my first concert, uh, since the accident on Valentine's day. I think that'll be the first time people hear, well, people have heard my song burning heart, but I think this will be the first time they I think this will be the first time a lot of people hear any new music from me at once, you know, in a while. 
it's a, essentially like a release. So if we play something new, that'd be exciting. I think I'm excited anyway, just finally be able to, to be physically able to, to play music again is a huge deal. Well, yeah. Are you, um, are you back to full strength now? No, but, uh, but I don't think you'd know it. Good. Good. Um, yeah, well, yeah. The only other question I've got now is, um, is congratulations on that beard, right? <laughs> because I am, I am 37, right? And literally, if you have a look, so look at this. That's just, that's literally just a patch. I'm using a pen. There's just a patch there because this bit, and I've got nothing here, right? Is there any, is there any secrets to such a beautiful, beautiful beard? Because that is a fucking next level beard. I don't know, man. You know, I, I thought... You know, I'm Italian. I thought like in my, I, I look at my uncles and stuff and I thought by now I'd have like a huge hairy chest and a huge hairy back. But uh, thankfully I didn't get those. But I did get this beard. I don't know. And the, the people are, are asked me lately, you know, since I've had the beard, like why? Like what? Like they want to talk about the beard. But for me, it's just like I just finally gave up the battle of trying to fight the fucking thing. Well, this is the Shaving thing. It's like three times a day or whatever. Yeah, I've never seen any photos of you prior to this with any sort of stubble. So it was almost as if you went from teenage three times face. A day, shaver. Yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. But also, yeah, you just—you might be the luckiest man on earth, Chris, because you've got no body hair, as you've just said, but you've got the, <laughs> a, an unbelievable beard, and you don't age. I've got one pretty sick chest hair, though. It looks like it looks like uh, Iron Man's heart thing just in the middle of your chest or whatever. <laughs> oh. Oh, do, you, you know. do you find people but, yeah. have gone from asking you about the um fountain of youth to the beard now instead? Is that is that the latest thing in Because I, I imagine you've had you've had those questions quite a quite a few times in the past. Yeah, I get both. I get both. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any secrets here. Just, uh, you sure there's not like a diet uh, you don't have a special diet or a skincare routine we can all uh i mean steal. like i i think the secret is like washing with bar soap with your face which i guess you're not supposed to do but that's what i do so i don't know I, I, this is this was uh this <laughs> shit is i don't know i don't really know how to answer that stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it's all good i'm just Fair. i'm just jealous that's all it is i'm just fucking jealous i'm 37 and i've got the patchiest beard on earth and i've never seen you with a single patch and i'm just mad jealous so um yeah thank you so much for doing this yeah, it means honest, the absolute world to us yeah honestly um, god I'm, it's an absolute pleasure um thank you so much for taking time out we've really really enjoyed this and yeah just thank you for everything you do i'm really grateful that you guys had me on today I, I know this is probably just another shitty interview or podcast for you, but this genuinely it fucking <laughs> means the world to us. Um, and yeah, thank you for the music over the years. Thank you for the inspiration. Because um, I don't think I would have probably got to do what I got to do. I wouldn't be now talking to you. And the fact I got to talk to you is also fucking fantastic as well. So <laughs> thank you so, so much. We appreciate you. Please never, never stop. For God's sake, never stop. And if you want to DM me on the sly and tell me how I can grow a beard, that'd be wicked. <laughs> but if you don't, that's fine. He's not oh, letting this go. Fine. I'm sorry, he's yeah, not letting this go. But yeah. It, yeah. Thank you, boys. You're legends. I appreciate you both. Thank you. Bye, guys. You listen to Sammy Bogart! Yes! Yes! Amazing. What a fella. What a chap. 
I'm lost for words. Um, what a legend, like. A legend who got in contact with us after you had in another <laughs> podcast he was mentioned on. Yeah. What? Fucking what? But like, I, I think it just how, shows how... how does it get, wait, how does it get any better than that? The only way it gets any better than that is if... Mike Patton listens to the Dave Lombardo one, <laughs> hears yeah. the story and says, yeah. boys, I remember you, you stupid twat. I'll come on your podcast and tell you how embarrassing you were. That's the only way. But yeah, thank you very much to Chris for coming on and for giving us a listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time I think about it. Yeah. So. Well, no, it's, that's, mean, that's what I mean. It's, it's this shows how humble and down to earth Chris is and appreciative of his career and stuff. And just like, you know, all those friends he's mentioned that even though for us listening to him list those off of like Mike Kem and Taking Back Sunday and, and the Get Up Kids and, and all those bands, they're so influential. But to him, the people he's known for years, he, he's people that, He's, he's grown up with on the scene and off of it and it, yeah it's just humble to see how far he's come over his career and how passionate he is about still making music after all this time and the accident and everything as well so thank you so much to Chris for taking the time and having a wonderful conversation with us uh, it means the world and we very very much enjoyed it um Last year should have been the 20th year anniversary celebrations of the band, but you know, with everything that's gone on, didn't really get to do that much. But if you head over to Dashboard uh, Confessionals website, they are re-releasing a bunch of their old vinyls, a bunch of Chris's old records over the years, as special re-releases and splattered discs and everything, including his MTV live performance and some of those early records as well. So go and check that out. And of course, he did that Valentine. Day live stream last month that I believe you can still go back and watch. So head to the website for all the details on that. And yeah, hopefully when gigs happen again, we can uh, do one with him in the flesh because I would love to uh, get some more stories from him. I'd fucking love to see him in the flesh. Whoa, did I just come out? (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean? Did I just come out live on the pod? Wow, I was literally, people can't see this. I literally had my head in my hand and thinking about seeing him in the flesh. Yeah, I bet it's cracking. I bet it's fucking cracking. <laughs> I want to feel that bit. I'm almost. I'm almost. I almost don't believe that beard is real. So I'm going to have to see it in the flesh at some point to fucking check it. Um, but yeah, what a fucking guest! Some absolutely amazing stories. What a fucking legend! Yeah, we just had a fucking great time. So yeah, like Morgan said, thank you to Chris for the interview, for checking us out, for coming on, for giving us your time, for the stories, for the music and for the inspiration over the years. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah definitely yeah it, it means a lot so thank you and if this is your first time listening to the podcast then make sure to check back uh, through our episode history because we've got some absolute emo gems on that back right, last week yes we do yes we do last week you successfully predicted um the episode we were talking about so we're gonna try it now and for first-time listeners now, we're only listening because they've seen Chris's on you. We have had Taking Back Sunday on the podcast. We have had Adam and John from Taking Back Sunday. What episode was that? 38. 38? It is. He says. Are we playing, are we playing Sappening later. episode bingo? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, basically. What episode number was Fred Mascherino? 111. 111. All the ones. <laughs> 111. It's literally turning into bingo now. Right, so hang on. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll up the ante here, Sean. I reckon I could name episodes 1 to 40 without fail. Oh, 
do we do that now? That's the question. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking of new, li- new listeners. I'm just thinking of episodes they might like that they might want to go check out. That's true. The Fred Masherino one. He mentions Chris, and that's how Chris came on. The Take It Back Sunday one is good. Um, Jeff from Thursday. What episode was that? That is forty-five, I believe. Oh, he reckons. We'll fucking see. We'll fucking see. Um, who else have we had on? Um, we've had Chris Connolly from Saves the Day. We've had uh, Buddy from Census Fail. There's a whole lot of emo goodness for you to go back and check out on. So please hit subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. And as Sean said earlier, please leave us a nice rate because and review because it all helps. It really, really does. And give us a follow on our social media accounts at Sapnin Pod on the Twitter and Instagram. At S A P E N I N P O D. I'm going to. Whoa. I was just about to say I'm going to sneeze. Uh, that's. I'm a, apparently, I'm allergic to um, at the at symbol. <laughs> at S A P E N I N P O D. That's at S A P E N I N P O D. Yeah. Let us know um, what you thought of this episode, what you thought of previous guests, any upcoming guests you want us to get on. Tag them. Please make sure you tag them, for God's sake. Um, and yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes, um, don't be a dick. Go to patreon.com forward slash sapning, where you can give as little or as much as you want. And it all goes back to keeping this podcast going slash us alive. So thank you very much to everybody who's already a member of the podcast, uh, the Patreon Honestly, it doesn't go unnoticed. If you've ever been a part of it, thank you very much. If you are a part of it right now, you have my heart. So thank you very much. Check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Yeah, if you check out the description of this episode, um, my good friend Morgan. That's me. Has written um, (laughs) a, a, a fantastic description of this episode and has included a bunch of names involved in our Patreon. But we have to give a shout out to the people who are part of the top tiers, who are absolute superstars. And that list is as follows. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Thank you very much to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwowe, Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Dilly I Wish I Could Speak Will Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Kelly Young, Paul Hirschfield, Scooby Drew Styles, Mike Lengler, Liam Conley, Kelly Ewan, Kat Besson, Sammy G, Amadine Barno, Shani Meyer Boxel Anderson, Tony Michael, Justin Dunn, Dana Lasnova, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Dan Gies, TJ, I'm back, you sexy mofos, Amber Shattock, Amber Shattock. Simon Amos, Kate Stevenson, Jenny Sexyboy Munster, Danny Eaton, Lucy Deeds, Emily Senegals, Martina McManus, Erin Howard, Becky Andy, John and Emma, Jenny Robertson, Jason Heredia, Louis Cook, Marcy Jacobson, Sandra Kuwachek, Caroline Robinson, Kelly Cannon, Kevin Clark, Carl Pendlebury, Livy Cropper, Stuart McNaught, James McNaught, Tallulah Grant, Lydia Henderson, Sharifa Wadali, Craig Harris, Keris Andrews, Ollie Sodewood and Capable of Enjoying Wholesome Things, Amesbury, Chris Howard, Anyone going to the shop next? Can you get me some regain form or that German caffeine shampoo? Hair's gone. Jacob Turner. <laughs> that is uh, Patreon member Jacob Turner, who uh, over the last week has shaved his head because he thought he was balding. I disagree, but he's done it anyway, so fair play to you. Josh, how did the computer eat its dinner in megabytes crisp? Oh. <laughs> Alice Wood, Adam, King of the Goths, Parslow, and last but no means least, Con, the mighty Connor Lewins. Hope you're well and hope you are enjoying the podcast. Thank you very much to all of those guys. You are fucking superstars. I'm sorry to swear. Yes, we love you all very, very much. Everyone involved in our Patreon helps us keep this thing going each and every week. And if you do sign up to patreon.com forward slash sapnin there's loads of extra goodies and bonus podcasts and just mad conversations you can get involved with as well so please go and check it out um with all oh, that being also so- oh also wait just before we go last week i asked does anybody who's not part of the patreon ever get this far yes and a couple of people got in touch with us saying they do. Hey! So th- thank you very much to those people. But also, join the fucking Patreon, innit? Huh? You just heard me read up all those names. And now you're like, oh, I don't know. I just like names. And I should have fan of names. <laughs> get involved. Patreon.com forward slash happening. Because we can get your name in this as well. And then, oh. or you can make one up. You feel like, oh, my name's a bit shit, to be honest. Because there are a lot of shit That's names true. in the world. I'm not going to lie, Sean. I'm, F- I'm, like who's Mog? <laughs> who's got a shit name, Mog? Go on, Mog. Um, Get him. Adolf Hitler. That's a crap <laughs> name, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, you can make up names and we can read them out. Well, I say we. You read that bit out. Yeah. Um, Don't nobody sign up now, right? And change your name to Adolf Hitler. <laughs> oh, no, right? no, 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 no. It's not funny. That's not funny. You pricks. Yeah. I realise now. I've probably just ruined our podcast. But yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash happening. You can literally. Sign up, put any name, and I'll consider reading it out depending on how um, <laughs> offensive it is to our audience. Yes, well said. Um, but yeah, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Is there anything else you would like to mention before we finish this week's recording up, Sean? Um, no, check out my band Raiders, Raiders Ooh. UK on music stuff. Spotify and all that, innit? Yeah. Just fucking um, Raiders UK, uh, RaidersBandUK.bandcamp.com if you want to buy music. I know nobody does that anymore, but you still can. It's still a possibility. Um, we might be rehearsing next week depending on lockdown rules in Wales. Hey, I'd love to be able to get in, a, get in a room with the boys and do some yelling, but we'll see. Um, other than that, I don't think I've got anything else to say. Um, next Thursday is my mother's birthday, so uh, I'll be birthday to my mother for next Thursday ah nice that's cute 
Ah, what a nice end. What a nice end. Well, we'll be back next Friday and each and every week with another incredible story and a guest. Uh, next week's is very good as well, so make sure you subscribe and you'll get those notifications in early. But yeah, nice one. Tidy, lovely stuff. Absolutely lovely. Chris, you're a fucking legend. Chris hasn't got this far. Chris is fucking zoned up by now <laughs> and I don't blame him. Sapnin! Sapnin! <laughs> He's never got this far. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>